Hey all, welcome to the Common Good Podcast. So excited that you're uh, with us today. And boy, it's going to be a special day because Paul Wallace, the man, the legend, the astrophysicist, the professor, the man with a new office, and the man who can give us a tour of an observatory, right. a planetary observatory. My gosh, I mean, it's just, it's, 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 these are the kinds of things that a, that a child like me only dreamed of. That something yeah, like this can it, be made possible, Paul. And the building is kind of like a little music, kind of like a little uh, little science, little astronomy museum. It's just got some little things in it here and there that are really, really lovely. I feel like I work in a like in a little wonderland here. All right. So, Paul, for people that uh, don't remember all of your goodness, not only are you a birder, not only are you a man of you know renowned faith and and, and pastoral ability. Uh, you're an astrophysicist. You're also a professor at uh, Agnes Scott College Indicator. That's right. You know, I think That's in right. the ten years Before. we've been doing this, that may be the first time I've gotten the, the name of the uh, of the fine institution correct. <laughs> I didn't call it a women's I college. I, I, I was waiting for it. <laughs> well, thank you for being patient with me, Paul. It's been uh, you know, it's been a, been a few years for me to get it right. Okay, so uh, tell us about all this um, as an astro. Well, first of all, let's let's do the obligatory uh, check in. Rained last night here in Minneapolis. The the yards are greening up. Uh, just you know, summer continues to be glorious. How are things in Decatur, which is just outside of Atlanta, Georgia? Lots of rain. Pretty cool this week. Uh, we had rain last night, too. Um, cloudy right now. Solid cloud cover. We've had so much rain. Usually by this point in the year, our lawns are just like wilted and brown. But it, they continue to just grow, grow. It's just, I, I just... You know, I'm ready. I'm ready to stop working mowing the lawn <laughs> and pulling up. Well, know, uh, head, so, so, and all that. summer will leave you soon, and you'll be back to all of your duties at Agnes Scott College. Uh, all right. True. Oh, and, oh, by the way, we we, yeah. we we had a we had a we had a very important guest, a very special guest in Atlanta yesterday. We had Rudy. Rudy showed up. <laughs> the. Uh, <laughs> The f- Down at the Fulton County Courthouse is a few miles away. The I don't know if it's current or former lawyer to the twice impeached and uh, you know federally searched uh, former president uh, had to appear before the good people of uh, of Georgia and ans- answer some questions about about his behavior. How far we have fallen? How far? My we- goodness! I was thinking about him yesterday. You know, which I'm not want to do. And what I just couldn't get out of my mind was that scene from the most recent movie, the Borat movie. I don't know if you've seen this one where he's with a young lady in the oh. hotel room. Uh, it just, the, the man, uh, what what heights he has fallen from, from back in the 2001 <laughs> stage when people thought he was America's ago, he was mayor. On top of the world 20 years ago. I mean, just... Absolutely on top of the world. And just won't quit. The man just won't stop being... <laughs> A, a troublemaker oh. at his age, which in one sense you think, well, look, I mean, good for people, you know, using their, their, their later years, you know, for, for what they want. You just wish the guy would want something other than this. This is just, just yeah. absolute bonkers. Well, we'd love to know where you're bonkers. coming from. <laughs> bonkers <laughs> is the word. For sure. we, we'd love to know where you're, uh, where you're listening from and what you observe from your space, your office, your, uh, your laboratory, uh, all right, so you've had to put up with the with the Rudy Circus, uh, which is probably not done. I'm guessing that you know a whole cast of characters are going to be hauled in front of the grand jury there, and in, um, in in Georgia, 
Uh, but tell us about this observatory that you've got going on. I, I've been, you know, well, you've yeah. been teasing it for weeks here on the podcast, and we've just been waiting for it. And I, I know for people on only the audio version of the podcast are thinking, how are we gonna, how are we gonna experience an observatory when we can't observe it? Um, well, you can go watch the live stream, of course, over on a YouTube channel, or we'll describe it for you. We'll describe it for you, and, and I'll give you a little walking tour of it here. How about That's that? Just unbelievable. Take- all right, set, set the context for us. What is this? Uh, right, Paul, Paul, first, I'll take you outside, okay? All right. Boy, Paul is, on, Paul is on his phone, too, which just to give people a feel of this. I mean, this, this is how advanced we've become, we've become. Sure, sometimes we can't get the intro music to start, which we did today. But then Paul can actually even take us, um, take us on a little journey. Okay, so your office well, is in another building, and now you've yeah, crossed a courtyard. Building. All right. Basically, it's an observatory. Uh, we have three faculty offices here. Uh, classroom. We've. I'll take you back. This is my. Uh, so this is my hallway here. Nice. Okay. Awesome. We have. Uh, you can't. If you're mathematically oriented, you'll see that we have binary numbers in the floor. Oh my gosh! Seriously. With, yeah, and that, and that totally nerdy down here. My so feet wonderfully one, nerdy. Two, Just great. Three, four, all the way up to about fifteen, and then it repeats. So we've got binary numbers in the floor here. <laughs> I've got binary numbers in the floor. Numbers in the floor. There's yeah, f- and so this is the hallway where the offices are. And there's then, a phrase I've never heard. We have here. binary numbers in the floor. Yeah. Yeah, we, we got more than that in the floor, though. Uh, can you? Am I coming through? You're coming through, baby. This is, uh, yeah, I mean, I feel okay, like so we're... This, this is the entrance to the that. planetarium here. The Delafield well, Planetarium. Delafield Planetarium. We'll go in there in a second, but look in the floor out here. Okay, see the big arc, the big blue arc? Yes. That's the sun. Okay. And the four inner planets right there. See the little dots right there? Fantastic, you guys. We have planets in the floor. So these are the four inner planets, and that's the arc of the sun. And there's Jupiter. There's Saturn. We don't have the rings of Saturn, unfortunately. Then we have Uranus, your favorite planet. Thank you, because I am a 12-year-old. Neptune. And look out here. Look out here, right? There's Pluto. <laughs> uh, did you have anything to do, Paul, with it when they were designing this building that somebody no, was going to lay the tiles? I, what, this, is all, this is all here when I, when I came here 10 years ago. Here's the planetarium. So here's the, what my daughter calls the constellation room. Incredible. Look at this place. All right, so it looks like, I mean, all these places look to me like a NASA... A NASA, you know, control center. Uh, the chairs, yeah, the right. tables, the telescopes, the open, yeah. curvy sky. Amazing. And there's a big old dome up there. And uh, so anyway, the, this is what my 13-year-old calls the constellation room. <laughs> so what happened? And, okay, can uh, you go back to that ceiling again? Can Can you show us that the yeah. ceiling? I, I'd love to ask you about sure. this. All right. So there's a telescope right there. Is that Is that what someone would look? You no, know, again, I've never been to an observatory, so I'm I'm. Yeah, treat, treat uh, this is like a planetarium. A, okay, okay, Doug, this is a planetarium. Which is different than an observatory. observatory. Yes. This is where they project all the stars up onto the dome. I see. That's a projector right there. I see. Okay, and it's controlled from this computer right here. And Are they you, taking it, that? Does that feed come from a telescope that's pointed at the sky? No. Or is no, it a no, simulation? No. It's, it's, all, it's just completely simulated, yeah. Right. And so that projector projects the, okay. the stars up on the dome, hmm. which is a huge okay. onion-colored 
Sure. Okay. Probably, gotcha. Uh, gotcha. Seventy foot dome or something. I, th I thought that was something that opened up and that was a telescope that pointed through the sky. No, no. I'll show you that in just a minute. I'll show oh. you that in just a minute. We got <laughs> all right. Stairs. Okay. So we're back out in the main hall here. Oh, we have our little uh, little coin black hole here. You know, these little things. <laughs> a place to collect yeah. collect coins. That's right. Then we have our nice uh, Hubble pictures on the walls. I'll take you, actually, I'll take you this way back through the classroom. This is where I teach one of my classes right here. It's pretty amazing, hey, look, Paul. Look at this. Look at, look at what I've got that you don't have. I've got <laughs> all of it. <laughs> yeah, but especially this. You know what this is? A globe? It's a Venus globe. Oh, it's a Venus goodness. globe. I know. How cool is that? We've got a Mars globe, too. There's it's got v all the crazy Of course, I never even thought features. there'd be a Venus globe. Of course, there's a Venus globe. I know. I know. Exactly. So, this is the front entrance to the observatory here. Hey, have they and been, have they been all the way around way. Venus? Do, do we know all the sides, or are they kind of just doing some, some educated guesswork? No, no, we know all the sides. Okay. We we know we know the whole thing. Now we're going up the stairs. <laughs> this here. is so great. Now now you're in a yeah, echoey center as we walk up to a to an yeah. observatory. So we've got a few flights of stairs here up to the telescope. Hey Paul, what what why would a college like Agnes Scott College outside of Deca in Decatur, Illinois, why would they invest in something you know the sky, astrophysics, uh, an observatory, and all what? Because a lot of I've been to a lot of colleges. I've rarely seen one other than our big university here that that I know of that has an observatory. Yeah, it's it's, it's a it was a guy named uh, Candler of all things who, who built it back oh. in 1940. Really? I'll tell you more about that in a second. But here okay. here is the actual telescope. Wow, Paul, that is th this is where you work. This is unbelievable. Okay, this thing looks just so like uh, yeah. I mean, it's like a. If you imagined a, a sort of 1960s version of what they thought a future laser was going to look like, that's what this is. Yeah, so now, now I'm inside the big dome and see that big, uh, there's a place where it opens up right there. It looks like and, a huge uh, metal zipper that's going to uh, open up. So that, what, what does it take to, I'm not asking yeah. you to open it now, of course, but what does it take to open that? Is that a whole crew? Is that just a switch on the wall? No, it's, it's just a switch. And uh, it's a 30-inch telescope. Okay, so, so, so it's, talk about what that is. 30 in, what, what's 30 inches? The lens or something? What's The diameter, it's, it's essentially a big cylinder, right? It's like a long cylinder shape. And the uh, 30 inches is the diameter of that cylinder. Because that telescope we're looking at with all of its metal, and that thing is, how, how big? Is that 12 feet long? What, uh, four, four or five uh, feet wide? I'd say 10. I'd say ten. You, I can't see the proportion then, without you in it, but you can't get your arms around that thing. Like it's bigger around than you could ever put your arms around. No, I, I'm, I'm trying to get it set up where, where you can see me with it behind me. But yeah. I really can't do that very well. Uh, suffice it to say that the top of that telescope is probably about fifteen feet above the floor. Yeah, that looks what it looks like. It's just gigantic. How, yeah. how how old is that telescope? How long have you had that that one there at the observatory at Agnes? Uh, Nineteen, uh, I want to say thirty nine or forty, but it still works. It still works great. Nineteen thirty nine or forty, this telescope, and 
Okay, so who fixes that thing when there's when when trouble comes? I don't know. Something happens. It gets shaken, or there's got to be. Some... We have a an expert who lives in town. It, you know, we have basically a uh, an endowed. You know, we have a pile of money they gave us that we pay for out of it. But um, there's a fellow in town who you know, there's not too many of them around. That's what I was going to ask. Can, those uh, those must be. Uh, people that are in pretty high demand for you, like, hey, don't let that guy move, and uh, make sure he's eating a fiber-filled <laughs> yeah. diet on a regular basis. Because yeah. uh, the number of people who I would imagine could fix a 1939-1940 vintage planetary telescope <laughs> yeah. can't be the uh, is probably yeah. not the most uh, easy to find character in the. In the whole whole deal. Well, look at this nice light. You f- yeah. So this is this is my actual. Again, this is we're we're, we're back to the uh, hallway with the binary numbers, and this is my office uh, here. How many colleagues do you have around the country as a college professor and astrophysicist that uh, do your same kind of work and have observatories? Like, what what's your cluster of people? What what size is that? Oh god, hundreds, uh, think, dozens. Uh, like when you all have a meeting, do you you know does somebody have to call ahead to get a room, or can you just uh, pretty much you know count on it's gonna it's gonna work out fine? I mean, you mean when we have uh, when we have a meeting, you say? Yeah, like if you got all the people that that do what you do, that are college professors, have an observatory, you get to take people on tours of their uh, of their telescopes. Uh, how many how many how many people in the country do this kind of thing that you do? Probably a few hundred. Really, a hundred maybe. Yeah, I shouldn't be so amazed at this. It just, it just amazes me. <laughs> it just amazes me. It's, it's, it's so cool. Uh, all right, it just, is cool. J- it is just cool. remind us, remind us why in 1940 um, the Chandler uh, family, who, who by the way, if people know, I don't know, higher education in the Georgia area, Atlanta area. Chandler is a big name. I think there's a theology school named after the person as well. Is that right? Yeah. Chandler School yeah, of Theology. Well, yeah, the, the name Chandler is on is on pretty much everything oh, Candler, around here. Oh, Chandler, Chandler. Thank Back, you for that. One of my Dr. Oz. The road, right behind, the road right behind me here is Chandler Road, and it runs all the way down to South DeKalb County. It runs a long way. It's a major road. Uh, Chandler's everywhere. Um, it's part of the Coca-Cola. Oh. Uh, you know. But the uh, the uh, telescope was Part of the was uh, people, huh? Interesting. Okay. Yeah, that and Woodruff. The two names, Candler and Woodruff. Oh yeah. Are uh, coke, coke money, and it's and, the, and it's you know half the state of Georgia is built on coke money. And this is uh, not not coke as in the Coke brothers that some people know from political funding fame. This <laughs> that's is, right. Uh, that's right. spelled with a K. This is the. The people that had the secret sauce uh, or the secret yeah. recipe for their uh, soft drink that they couldn't all be on an airplane together. That's right. uh, I don't even know if that was That's true, right. but those legends when I was a kid, it was so secret that people who knew, like 12 people knew the secret to Coca-Cola and they couldn't all fly in the same airplane together was what I heard about. Yeah. Um, all right. So, so those one pe- of these candlers went to Harvard and got a, a PhD in uh, astrophysics and uh, oh. came back down and wanted to teach down here. And I'm not sure where the money originally came from, other than you know his family or something like that. But uh, William Candler uh, built the place, and that was in 19, I think 39 or 40. I can't remember which which date exactly. But ever since then, Agnes Scott has. And at the time, it was actually the uh, largest telescope in the southeast. 
Agnes you know, Scott is for, a, is a, a women's time. college. Um, yeah. Was it always that way? Yep. It's been that way since it started. I don't know a lot about and the history of, of Georgia in the 1940s, but the idea that you wanted to educate women at the college level and give them a astrophysics degree, so put the funded <laughs> astrophysics professor and observatory there... I don't know. That feels like it was a real, real step forward, real progressive kind of move. Is that is that accurate to say? I think it probably was, but remember that um, you know Atlanta's always been a bit more progressive than the rest of the state. But yeah, I think right, it was that a just feels more move. progressive than the country. Like that feels more progressive than NASA because I watched those movies about when we went to the moon and they made the women just like carry papers around. You know, that was in the nineteen sixties. So they're yeah. training yeah, up. That, you, know, you know, you're right. That 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 is a pretty that that is and was a pretty radical thing. So yeah, we we uh, we graduate students who go on to get PhDs and do uh, do science the rest of their lives. So it's really great. Well, thanks for the tour. You know, we've been we've been waiting on it. Congratulations on the uh, on the, the the new job role that you have that that comes with an observatory. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've rarely had real jobs where I had to negotiate, but I I've never thought that I would be saying in my negotiations like, so this position, uh, what what are we thinking about for vacation? And can I use the photocopier machine for personal copies if I need to make them? <laughs> and uh, does it come with an observatory? Uh, is that uh, is, is that a part of the deal? But that's that's just the starry life. Get the pun yeah. of astrophysics. It, yeah, it, I'm not complaining. It kind of just fell in my lap because somebody, uh, like I mentioned. I <laughs> two two weeks ago, you know, the Great Resignation affected uh, college colleges as much as any other place. Yeah, and uh, we had a couple leave the department, and this office just happened to be opened up, and I was the next one in line for it. So, well, here I am, like a shooting star, my friend. Yeah, are you? Boom. All right, hey Paul, I was thinking today because there's big news about uh, Artemis One, which is this rocket yeah. that NASA has put together to get back to the moon. And I feel like, and it's been 10 years since they had any project working on this. And I yep. feel like I, you and I were talking about NASA, NASA moving away from doing their own lunar trips and putting all of it to private industry that ultimately has become SpaceX and, and the other projects. Were we talking about that 10 years ago? Like, have you and I, I been having, the, have, have we been doing podcasty things together or radio show? Because remember when I had the radio show and you'd be the guest on the radio show on AM 950, the yeah, progressive voice I, I of Minnesota? Been, have you been doing it 10 years already? Well, that's what I was going to ask you. I have forgotten such things. I don't know. It's it's 2020. Was it 2012 that we were, is it possible? Okay, maybe not. I don't um, think so. But somewhere along the line, I've been grousing, and I remember with you, because very few other people in my life tolerate my grousing about the about NASA not not sending people to the moon and you know uh, worried about the space station and worried about Mars and have been saying why we went to the moon in 19 last in 1972 what first time in 1969 68 69 yeah 69 and then just kind of gave up on the moon and you've always been a big advocate of the moon you're a you're a big moony and yep now we're going back to the moon in a big way. Like like somehow, I don't know if it's the new director of NASA or the Congress or somebody, but decided that, hey, us not being on the moon because China is going to go to the dark side of the moon, Pink Floyd reference. And if we don't uh, have a presence on the moon, we're sort of missing out on the, the best part of yeah. space. 
I mean, there might be yeah. other things well, that are great too, but boy, the moon seems smart. It's a gift, right? It's right there. It's just a quarter of a million miles away, right there. It's <laughs> waiting for us. Yeah, so uh, we've actually been planning to do this for, I don't know, a, a couple of few administrations. And it's been slowed down a little bit by changes in administration and changes in um, in vision, I guess. But the idea of going to the moon and using it as a sort of sort of going and staying, you know, this time um, remaining longer. I don't mean I don't I don't know how long they're planning on staying if they're trying to keep a colony occupied continuously for a year or more, like they do uh, the space station. Eventually, they would they would be doing something like that. But the idea is to go and 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 stay longer, and investigate uh, what it would require to make that a launching place for Mars. Yes. Well, that is um, that that seems like the big question is or the the big project is uh, the, the the little bit of news footage that I've heard about this is that they really do want to use this as staging for for getting yeah. to Mars. Personally, I think it's a lot cheaper to launch from the moon than it is to launch from Earth. <laughs> Isn't that great? Cheaper to have people live there and like build a colony there because you're already what is a quarter of a million miles. Over, over time, it's cheaper. Let's put it that way. <laughs> it's a long-term investment. Uh, yeah, it's a long-term. Setting aside the constant critiques that have been around, like why why are we worrying about space when we have enough to do on the ground here? So just legitimate question. I think there's real answers for it. So set, setting that one aside. I feel like this is really going to capture the imagination of people in the uh, on Earth, um, even more so than people living in the space station. Somehow, living inside of something—I I don't know—a a big container f circling the Earth is cool, but feels I don't know, different. Having a physical presence on the Moon. Like being able to look up at the moon and thinking there's somebody on there right now, some a, a person yeah. is is sitting on that thing. Man, yeah. that is it's so a totally great. Different psychological effect to 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 think of that, uh, and also and it's just a whole 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 lot further away. I mean, you know, the people on the space station are maybe a, you know, I don't know how many miles overhead. You know, ninety hundred miles overhead, something like that. Oh, is that right? But the moon. Uh, the moon's yeah, low Earth orbit is not really that far. It's you know, just it's called low Earth orbit for a reason. It's um, <laughs> good point. It's close. I mean, you can see the space shuttle. You know, you can see the reflections off the shuttle as it goes over it. I mean, no, not the shuttle, the the space station as it goes over at night. Okay, so, sorry. Say, say that again. On, the day, on, you know say it again. Hmm? You can see shadows from the space station. No, no. Or you can see reflections off of it. I mean, you can oh. see it at night. Oh. If you know where to stand and where to look, you can see, you know, a little bright light going overhead as the sun you. reflects off. And 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 also during the day, if you know where to look, you know, you can see it. You know, it would look like some other satellite, maybe to an untrained eye. That's not a yeah, just some little speck. But but uh, I mean, the moon is a whole different level. I mean, it's a whole other order of magnitude. You so, know, so remind more. us of the distances again. The space station is a hundred miles off the surface yeah. of the Earth, and the Moon yeah. is two hundred and fifty thousand miles. That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, totally different. Out, you know, from out there, you know, if, if if you're in the space station, you look down, and the Earth occupies like half half the feet your field of vision. 
right? But if you're on the moon, you can hold your thumb up and block the Earth entirely. Wow. You know what I'm saying? You're so far away that the, yes. the Earth is just so small. You can Squishy you can man. almost cover the moon, the Earth entirely with your thumb when you hold it out in front of you. So this is pretty great news that we're going to get back to the back to the moon. And it looks and it looks like it looks like the Apollo. I mean, see, have you seen the thing? Well, I was going to just I mean, recently because the news has now started covering. They moved this rocket, Artemis One, which is going to be a test flight. Uh, to the launch pad and whatever amount of time it took. If people haven't watched YouTube videos or uh, on this yet, it's worth it. Go over to YouTube, stop by the Vocama Good channel, subscribe, and then look up Artemis One. And they're moving this gigantic rocket. Like yeah. this thing is, I've lost it's 350 the number, feet high. 350, like skyscraper tall. So, you know, yeah, I don't know. Go to New York, look up at the Empire State Building, and the thing is that big, and they're going to shoot it to the moon. How big? Uh, how big was Apollo One or Apollo the the other Apollo rockets? The the Apollo rockets, I I think, were like maybe thirty or forty feet higher than this one, but it's the same order of magnitude, and it looks like it has the same basic shape as the old Apollo ones. Although it's much higher tech and it's much more powerful than than the Apollo, you know, Saturn fives were um, much more powerful than that. Uh, a little smaller, but it's it, it. The whole thing evokes definitely evokes you know the Apollo mission. If you just look at it, you think totally. Yeah, that slow little crawler that takes them out there took like uh, ten hours to go four miles, something yeah. like that. Yeah, it's like it's like uh, rush hour traffic in L.A. That thing was just just <laughs> just creeping along. So I, f I feel like there's some things about it that I've read and watched, and, I, and they're not really clear to me. It is massive amounts of of rockets and boosters on it um, that seem much more powerful than what there was in 1969, 1972. Why is that? Are we do are we shooting this capsule? It sounded like this thing was the capsule was going to go around the moon. Is that what the others did as well? Do they always go around the moon, or is that why? They're yeah, before before they landed anybody on the moon, they just did a few shots. What was it was Apollo eleven, right? That finally landed on the moon. So there was lots of Apollos before that, and the earliest ones were simply they just orbited the moon. Just you know, they took a step by step. Um. But one of the reasons that it is so much more powerful is, is as I understand it, from what I've seen of the uh, the pictures, the lander itself, the thing that actually lands on the moon is much larger. It's not just this little bitty, uh, you know, the small compartment that two people can barely fit in. It's not that. It's much bigger than that. Are they sending I, more than two people? Do you know? Is that the plan? Is that, are they sending like a whole team up there? You know, I don't know one? how many people there I don't know. I imagine so that they're going to send more than two. I don't know what the what the uh, what that what that long term goal is. I don't know. I'm sure it's out there. I'm sure I could find it, but I haven't. So the imagination that they're going to send some people up and start I don't know, sort of you know, uh, setting up shop uh, on the moon um, is f just mind bending to me. They're going to just like be able to send payload after payload of equipment. Up to they're going to have to, and then do what they have do. screw guns and ratchets, and be assembling in rector set style in low gravity. Yeah, a livable space. 
Yeah. When people and, are in the uh, space station, they don't have to, the space station itself is pressurized and they can just move around in there without oxygen on, like somehow, which again, I don't understand how they're getting oxygen in the space station. Let's just start there. I, that blows my mind. Somehow the they same get, way you get oxygen when you're under, underwater. They have, yeah, they have tanks that pump it out. They just have gigantic tanks connected compressed to the, oxygen. Compressed oxygen, just just filtering it. You know, the filters. It's you know, it slowly leaks out, but they filter it. You know, but when it's gone, like they, they they're did. not getting any new oxygen up there, right? Like they have to keep bringing it up in containers. Right, right, right. So they they've got a you know a compressed oxygen tank there that 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 you know they use for the source of it, but they fill, they cycle it through just like, you know, in your house, your, you know, your air is always being circulated. Yeah. Well, my, my, both my parents at the, toward the end of their lives, they had to, were on oxygen and we had to get these tanks and they were really unnerving to be moving around and you had to watch the amount that was in them and carry them in your house all the time. That's how they're, yeah. that, that, that's how they keep no, people. No, 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 no. What I mean is that, is that the, uh, the space station has a, oxygen source it has there's a large tank of compressed oxygen yeah that's what i mean so there, so at some point they fly a new one up when that one's running short on oxygen i suppose so yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, the logistics around like people living on the moon for a long period of time and having just keep oxygen available do you think are they planning to build something on the moon as far as you've paid attention or heard or people sure that's in the long term i'm sure that's in the long term they can long, take their yeah, helmets long, off or personal oxygen tanks and just have, like in the space station, oxygen-filled areas up on the moon. That's yeah. My yeah. gosh. I mean, this. I, I know a lot of people don't think this stuff is cool. Uh, I, it blows my mind. The, <laughs> the level of project that human beings are willing to, to go to it, it, uh, on this explorer spirit is just, ah, it's the best. It is really... Believable. And and you're right, it does take a lot. You know, just simply existing on the moon requires a lot of logistics. A few years ago, I, I feel like we talked about one of the things that the Chinese lunar exploration was doing, and they were they landed something on the backside of the moon, mm -hmm. which was a big accomplishment. Yeah, right. Can, right. can, can you remind can, can me of that and what right. what what that has? What that did to the to the U.S. imagination about hey, we better get serious about our own lunar. Yeah, and all of this is is frankly behind all of this is competition with China. That's really I think what's yeah kind of like competition with the Soviets drove us back in the '60s. I think it's competition with China at this point that is is really is what's lighting the the fire underneath all this. For good or ill, that's that's basically what it comes down to. Do you feel like that is um, because of the just the story that it tells to the American people, or do you feel like yeah. it's no? The there's there's industry that we're gonna lunar industry coming in the next fifty to one hundred years, and we need to be like not just putting be, a flag and footprints on the moon, but we need to have a physical presence there. To, yeah. Like are they going to mine yeah, things it, out of the moon? Are they going to be digging up lunar uh, rocks, or is there is there something under the surface there on the moon that we want, or is this? Well, they're talking about mine. There, there are certain, I think, uh, elements are they're looking at mining, and they may not need to, you know, sh not everything that they need on the moon uh, has to come from Earth. 
I think a lot of it can come from up there. Good Lord. It's really something. Hey, uh, I know it's like, like Minecraft or something. Just we've, we've talked a lot of times, so I won't spend too much time on it, but the people who don't believe that we've been to the moon, don't think this is how the cosmos is structured. Yeah, I have a little empathy for why they might just have their minds bent to the point they're like, this cannot be possible. <laughs> How in the world <laughs> would we do this? Re remind us about why the moon is so cool. Because sure, you're a big Saturn guy, and Saturn's your, is that right? Saturn's one of your more, more the favorite. The lightly superior planet. It's the superior That's what I call it. The moon's not a planet. Light, but remind us the, about the how cool, cool the moon is. Oh, uh, well, there's a lot of things to like about the moon. Uh, a lot of things. Uh, one is that it's as big as it is. Uh, very, no other, like, compared to the Earth, it's like one-fourth its diameter, which makes it a real oddball in, in the solar system. Hmm. No other planet has a moon that's nearly that big compared to itself. Um so it's it's really large, which of course affects the tides. Certainly, uh, it slows the Earth down. Remember, we we're talking a couple of weeks ago about how the Earth is, uh, yes. how the days are getting, uh, the days are getting longer. Uh, that's that's true. Uh, but also, it, it has probably had something to do with the evolution of life on Earth as well. Probably, it's not clear that life could have evolved the way it did um, mm. without them. Uh, so we have a lot to thank for the moon, but also it's just plain beautiful. I it mean, is. There's, I mean, it's just, it, it gets your, you know, it, it gets your imagination going. I mean, from my, uh, you know, mid fifties, late fifties wife to our two, uh, six year old grandson and two and a half year old grandson, when that moon shows up, especially during the day, people interrupt their conversations and point up and go, there's the moon. Like still, yeah, yeah, yeah. and seen it your whole life, whether it's two years or six years or fifty-six years. I mean, look at one, one of my earliest one of my earliest memories is in kindergarten, out on the playground, just up the road here, actually. Um, huh. Looking up at like middle of the day and seeing the moon up there, and just that made a deep impression on me. It's the first time that I remember really realizing that you could see it during the day. And I just remember standing there, staring at it. You know, like yes. wow, yes. it was over right overhead. Right overhead. No, to, uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. That is um, that. That's part of the of the 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 power of the whole of the whole thing. And so I think I think NASA going to the moon is just just the best. I think this is. Um, just, I, I hope people get excited about it, and not just the technology of the rockets. Even though that's, it feels like the layout that NASA is doing right now, like news stories and. Everything is like, hey, let's start with the rockets because they're cool, yeah. and maybe people get excited about the rocket. Um, but then ultimately, this idea that in I don't know, twenty twenty three or twenty twenty four, people are going to strap into a capsule on the top of a rocket and fly up there and get out again. Yeah, yeah. I, th I think I think it'll be twenty five. Twenty five soon, right around yeah. the corner. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Soonest. I mean, Trump could be president again by then. But anyway, we won't we won't go into such, such darkness. Um, <laughs> no, hey. it'll be. I, I think even the most. I think even the most. Uh, maybe not the most, but a lot of people who simply don't really care about it right now. When that happens, I think they'll be amazed. I think they'll. I think they'll be lost in wonder for at least twenty seconds. You know, just like <laughs> at least a TikTok I mean? video just, length of time. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, and, and you know, it, it, it'll affect everybody. 
in a, I think in a, in a positive way. Does the, does the moon spin? <laughs> uh, that's the question. Yes, it does. But the same side always faces us. This takes a little bit of. I wish I had a. I wish I could. Uh, I don't really have it set up back here. I wish I could do a drawing to explain this. But basically, it rotates on its axis. It rotates once in the same amount of time. It 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 revolves around the Earth once. You know, talking to you about this stuff is, is, I have the same experience that I love as when I um, have wasabi, you know, that, that little paste stuff that you have at Asian, where it kind of snaps your head back and kind of burns in your nose and you feel it, it sort of, it sort of hurts, but you think, oh man, that was great. Let's, let's do, you know, let's do that again. All right. So is there some physics reason that it's rotating and, it's called, it's called synchronous rotation, and it is super common in the solar system. It is super common, and there's a physical mechanism that makes this happen over time. Eventually, over time, it happens. And it didn't used to be this way, you know, a billion years ago or so, maybe two billion years ago. What? But over time, things settle down into that, that pattern. Yeah. What, so what? All, the, all these moons of, like, Jupiter and Saturn and Uranus and so forth, virtually all of them, there are a couple of exceptions, but virtually all of them are in synchronous rotation, just like the moon. What, what causes that synchronous rotation? Like why, what, why a billion years ago was it non-synchronous and now it's found its rhythm? Uh, the, the thing that drives it is called, they're called tidal forces, T-I-D-A-L. Okay. Tidal forces and the fundamental idea behind a tidal force is this the, the the earth pulls more strongly on the near face of the moon than it does on the rear the the back of the moon because the front front of the moon is closer to the earth so the the gravitational force is stronger there than it is on the back of the moon yep that's fundamentally what 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 drives it if that were not so and, you know, there's several dots you have to connect between that and synchronous rotation, but that's the fundamental reason. If that were not so, if the gravitational force of the Earth were the same on the front of the moon and the back of the moon, this wouldn't happen. Okay. Yeah, and I guess I, as much as my little brain can comprehend that, because the moon is in the way of the back of the moon, so the gravitational pull is, is that why it's... Stronger on well, the it's further away. The back away. of the the back is further away from the Earth than the front of it is, and the gravitational force gets weaker the further you are away from a thing. Oh, just the distance. It's just the distance. It's not the fact that the no gravity travels right through matter. So it's not it's not the fact that the moon the stuff of the moon is between oh, well, the back helpful. of the moon. Okay, it, it's simply the fact that the back of the moon is further away from the Earth than the front of the moon is. So I guess if the moon wasn't quite as big, the tidal force would be less. That's so correct. Smaller moons might. Right. And that's also what tears comets apart. Like a, a comet struck Jupiter back in 94 or 96, and we had a, we watched it come and we saw it break up, but the comet was broken up because of that same reason. Because the... That's why. The gravitational because force the front on the, the front. Comet, the, the front of the comet was being pulled more strongly towards Jupiter than the back of it was. So the effect was basically that you're taking the comet and stretching it, and it just breaks up into a thousand pieces. Huh. 
and sort of save like, save Jupiter. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. And, and Jupiter's gravity is much stronger than Earth. That's why. That's also why it broke up so much. But. So for all of human time, people have been seeing the same face of the moon, and everywhere on the it does planet, wobble a little bit. It, it does. It does do a little thing. Uh, so if, this is the face of the moon here. Yep. It does kind of do a little back and forth wobble like that. So we probably actually see about like 55% of the moon's surface from I the see. Earth. Okay. So it's not just a f flat coin-like representation. Right. It, it wobbles back and forth a little bit. Exactly. So we do see a little bit around the eastern and western edges of the moon. How how how, how often does that wobble happen? What kind of time frame is that wobble on? Gosh, you know, I don't know what I don't know what the period of that is. Like, is it years? Is it days? No, Weeks? I don't think it's years. No, I I think it's I think it's like my guess, and this is just a guess, is days to weeks. And we can't uh, we can't days like to a few weeks. We can't point a telescope at the moon and set like a time lapse over a month because the moon is moving around and sometimes we don't even see the moon from any given place on the earth, right? That's right. You can't do it from one particular location, but but you can take a series of pictures taken from telescopes around the world and and get and, you know and, and and sort of put the videos together. Huh. And there are videos on on you know if you google moon uh, libration, L-I-B-R-A-T-I-O-N, libration video. You'll see, you'll see videos of, of of the moon doing that. Really? Called libration, yeah. Libration. That's 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 yeah. pretty cool. Uh, do we? And think also, also the the moon's orbit is elliptical, so as it wobbles back and forth, sometimes it's bigger, sometimes it's smaller. You, you also see it doing a as we as the moon gets closer to us and further away. Because its orbit is not circular, it's elliptical, so sometimes it's further away. So you also see the moon get larger and smaller over time. When, when, it's, when it's in that elliptical pattern, it gets closer and further away. Is it always closer and further away relative to the same point on Earth? Or does that no. distance away uh, change? Every, it changes. Lots of different places on the Earth get up get a glimpse of the closer moon. When the moon looks yeah. bigger and smaller, is that what's happening? Is that what we're seeing? Is that why it's bigger yeah. in the sky and smaller? Yeah, it's just because we're it's further or closer. And and aren't we in a moment right now where one of the specially named moon cycles is happening? Isn't there some kind of a moon event happening now-ish? Well, there was one last week. Oh. There was a full moon, and it happened to be, when it was at full, it happened to be close to its closest point to us. So they call it a supermoon. That's what the that's what the PR people do. They call it a supermoon when it's like four percent bigger than than normal. But you can't tell with your eye really so much. Oh, you can't. It's it's not like when it because sometimes, man, you look out and that moon just looks other colors and gigantic and low. Um, it's really and of course all of uh, the the location of the moon, the closeness of it, the perceived size of the moon that you're seeing. That's all predictable, right? I mean, every, somebody oh, yeah. who knows lunar patterns could just be like, you know, on August eighteenth, twenty twenty nine. We know right where the what you're going to see looking at the moon. There's no mystery yeah. left there. No, no, not with that. You can download free software, planetarium software on the internet called on Stellarium, yeah. and on your phone, and it'll tell you 
you can go to like, you know, August 17th, 2074, and it'll tell you where the moon will be and what its illumination will be, what phase it'll be, how close to the Earth it'll be. And, you know, and it yeah. seems like that's part of, you know, just to dwell on the moon for a minute here, that that feels like it's part of why the, the moon is felt so common, it, it, you know, is that the, the thing we talked about where little kids and adults alike look up and see the moon and are just kind of paused for a moment, like catching a rainbow. Yeah. But we, it just feels like, oh, we got the moon figured out. You know, we've got the moon sort of nailed. Uh, but not really, because we only see one side of it, right? The, this whole backside of the moon is unknown to us, generally speaking, right? Well, we've right? mapped it out. We've mapped it out. It's pretty detailed. We, we, know, we know what's back there, but we haven't seen it with our own eyes. Why do we know what's back it's, there, then? You know, put, we we put oh, uh, satellites there and uh, gotten really detailed pictures and so forth, and we know what's back there, but uh, we just can't see it with our eyes. Then, then why China? Why, why was it such a big deal that China got to the backside of the moon or shot a rocket back there or something? That was a big story that kind of flew well, in. communications I think are a little difficult um, because oh, that's what it was. radio waves. Uh, don't make it. I mean, they make it a little. You know, the radio waves will make it through the walls of your house, but they won't make it through the moon. So they had to communicate. Right. Communications is more difficult. Oh, that's that's some of what they're going to build, aren't they? Going to build some kind of a relay oh, yeah. station oh. on that moon to. They'll put some permanent satellites up around the moon, just like we have them around the Earth, and those will be communication satellites. If, if you know, they might already have them. I don't know. Hey, when you take that fifteen foot telescope of yours with its 30 inch lens diameter and point it at the moon do you do that and if so what do you see that is so different see, than you, first you need a you need to put like sunglasses on basically a filter on the thing okay because it's so bright but you can see some great detail on of the uh, craters and so forth does it look like I don't know northern New Mexico. Like I, when I go to drive through parts of New Mexico, I'm like, this looks like the moon in my imagination. It looks, you know, you fly it, over, you fly over Arizona, you know, Death Valley places like that. It does look kind of like, kind of like that. Although I always think of Mars when I fly over that part of the country. Hmm. It, it is, you know, desolate like that. Is yeah. that does that capture students' attentions when a uh, I don't know, uh, maybe you wait for people to be juniors in the astrophysics program before you let them look through the telescope, but at whatever no, point... No, 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 we, we, have, we have eight open houses a year uh, during the academic year. We have eight, and so we let the, you know, people say, come go, in go from the neighborhood. Say, yeah, yeah, regular, the regular people like us. Yeah. Come up and look at it. Uh, when people see the moon close through that telescope, does it make their heart sing does it does it move yeah it does that and uh the two things that really get people's attention are um the moon and jupiter to to a good extent but saturn is the thing that really knocks them out because they're like is that really it like is that they can't believe that they're actually seeing the real thing that's not just a picture in a book yeah and I'm like, yeah, we're faking now. We have a little plastic Saturn hand up there. That's well, it's because you got that planetarium <laughs> over there where you're just projecting, you know, a digital version up on the, there. They're not yeah, sure right. when you're. When, no, you're no, when, when they see the rings of Saturn, that and that's true with smaller telescopes too. It doesn't matter what size the telescope. First time anybody sees the rings of Saturn, if they're at all tuned in to like their sense of wonder at all, they will exclaim, "I can't! I just cannot believe that that's that's really it." Well, I 
shamefully again that I've never done such a thing. I tried to do it a couple weeks ago in Chicago at someone's house and it was really cloudy and we couldn't do it. And then I went to bed and then later that night, the sky's cleared and everyone's got to see it. But uh, someday uh, I will see it and maybe it'll be at that telescope there outside of Decatur. Oh, yeah. that would be phenomenal to have you come visit here. Really? All right. Be- well, I've got nothing else to do. I might as well come come do that. Hey, Paul, um, what are you teaching in the in the fall? When does school start and what are the, what are the fine students of Agnes Scott College going to experience we start on we start on wednesday next week yeah and i got two classes one of them i have two sections of but two two subject two subjects one is basically you know uh intro to physics for really for pre-med students you know it's it's just you know welcome to physics physics 101 basically um for pre really for pre-meds and then i teach an upper level physics course for the physics majors, physics and astronomy majors. And I'm teaching a class called thermal physics, which is thermodynamics is, is another name for it. Hmm. It's a standard class that every, that every physics major in the whole universe has to take. You know, entropy, you know, you've heard about the second law of thermodynamics. I was going to say, there's, there's, I mean, whoever's the PR company behind the second law of thermodynamics, they have done their job <laughs> of making sure that everybody knows that one phrase. Maybe people well, we can describe a lot of time it. On that. It's, it's, well, it's, it's a well-known physics thing. You know, it's the second law of thermodynamics. You can't do such and such. Um, I mean, are, are you, I mean, you actually do know, I mean, are you being facetious or, because I, I, you've heard of it, right? Because you've heard of entropy, right? Okay, embarrassingly, I think if you described what the second law of thermodynamics is, I would say, yeah, I knew that that I knew that reality. Could I, if well, you just said write a description of the second law of thermodynamics? Um, if I started with the description, maybe I could put the title on it. If I started with the title, I don't think I could put the description on it. Is that a fair, okay, well, that a fair confession? I, I can put it very simply. And uh, the, the reason why I, I, I thought you might know about it is because it's kind of, as far as physics things go, it's kind of got a popular interpretation. Uh, second law of thermodynamics says that disorder always increases in the universe. Okay. Yeah. Entropy is a measure of of uh, disorder uh, of randomness, and the second law of thermodynamics says that that thing we call entropy, which measures randomness and disorder, always increases. In other words, things get messier, things get worse. So you can see how that would sort of be a... Yes. Yeah, relatable. I thought things were also slowing down and like, uh, you know, becoming less fast. No, things aren't... Isn't there one of those laws that has things are... No, things are just getting crazier in the the physics world? Well, 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 the universe is getting cooler, which is related to entropy, but... But maybe that maybe that's I don't know if, that, if that's what you're thinking about or not. But the Earth is definitely spinning more slowly every century. <laughs> yeah, I can really feel it as I get older. It's really slowing down. Yeah. Well, yeah. Paul, thank you, man, and congratulations on this new thing. And uh, uh, we we will come and do a whole deal from that from that observatory and that telescope. That'd be awesome for us to do it from here together. That'd be great. And thanks for helping us look up, down, the, look up at the sky, Every- if even in our minds. And uh, I don't know. Maybe we can, uh, you know, go to the moon someday. That'd be awesome. You ever come down to ATL and we'll do it. All right, buddy. Hey, thanks everybody for being a part of the podcast. We will, uh, you know, share us with your friends if you're not already over on our Facebook uh, pages, or if you're only on our Facebook pages, rather. Head over to YouTube as well and uh, share it from there. It's a perfect place to share all this stuff. So 
Thanks for, uh, thanks for being a part of this and, you know, love one another and look at the moon. <laughs>